Blend Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Sam. Uh, my normal co-host, my wife, Joyce, she's at work right now, but uh, it's a topic that she doesn't really care about. Uh, you'll find in a marriage that usually one person does all the finances and has an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, that's me. Um, yeah, the topic I want to talk about is just basic basic finance and kind of like theory, philosophy that I have uh, behind it. Um, it's something that I was not interested in college. Um, in college, uh, I was pretty idealistic. I wore only like white t-shirts. I didn't want to spend money because I thought it was the love of money was the root of all evil. I had like a very uh, big disdain for money. Um, actually, in fact, uh, part of uh, my parents' divorce was because it was money-related. So I had a really strong aversion to it. Um, I remember in my English class, uh, we were reading The Great Gatsby, and we had to draw our American dream. Everyone in class had drawn some sort of big house, money signs, something of like that kind of material success. And uh, I remember pretty proud of this uh i drew uh, a burning building with a ladder and uh my explanation was that i don't want a lot of money uh, i want to be a firefighter because uh, i don't think money uh, brings you happiness some something like that so i grew up like that um and i just wanted to do missions uh, i just wanted to live poor uh be poor uh, i thought that was uh honorable um but as i've gotten older um, learning the system, how nonprofits work, how sustainable models for you know microeconomics, macroeconomics, um, how missions works, and uh, my I don't I wouldn't say my mind has changed, but it's definitely become more um, nuanced in how I view the world, how I view money. Um, honestly, money's not my favorite, but if I had enough of it and was trained in it, um, I think I could do a lot more good. Um, but also maintaining that, um, like, like my younger self's heart where I, I just want to uh, give and, um, uh, there's like an altruistic spirit to it. You know, I don't want uh, money to become an idol at any point. So, um, and especially it's in my generationally, it's in my family. So I got to be more careful. Um, so if you have like gambling problems in your family, uh, there's a lot of like family splits um, because of money. You have to be extra careful. It's like if your father was an alcoholic, uh, you are predisposed to be an alcoholic yourself. So you have to be even more careful uh, with alcohol. So same thing with money. Um, yeah, I just want to talk, talk about basic finance. Um, if you're a financial expert you don't really need to listen to this but if you're like in your early 20s mid 20s still learning adulting this may be helpful um i need to preface this with saying i'm not a financial planner uh don't take my financial advice uh to everything to heart uh do your own research uh kind of give you some resources um so the first resource i want to give you is uh it's very very basic is dave ramsey's um uh, he has a podcast. Uh, he also has a book out. Um, he's like this conservative Christian Southerner, um, and he has basic uh, um, philosophy for uh, just financial acumen. Um, I think his biggest takeaway points from those books is 
try to reduce your debt. Um, so you're going to be in student loans, a lot of you. Um, so he argues that you shouldn't go into any debt at all, which I think is impossible, especially if you come from an immigrant background. Um, and your parents are like maybe small business owners, something like that. It's just near impossible to go to college or graduate school uh, without any debt. Um, with, but with that being said, his philosophy still rings true. Uh, you want to reduce your debt as much as possible. Um, this, sound, this is going to be so boring to some of you, but it's super, super important. I'll tell you why. Um, let's say uh, you, you need to donate to Yemen or you want to donate to EGI, the Equal Justice Initiative that uh, helps people um, um, with the movie uh, Just Mercy and Brian Stevenson, the lawyer. Uh, they try to get people out of death row. Let's say you want to give money to them. How are you going to give money to them if you only make like $30 an hour? Um, you're paying like a thousand dollars a month um, to, towards uh, student loans, and you get your rent, and you have no other disposable income. Um, you're basically just taking care of yourself. Um, so I think if you are very smart with money, you know the system. You can actually do a lot of good, but you have to learn the system. So all these like boring terms um, will seem foreign. So when you're learning a new language. Um, it sounds foreign to you, but you have to keep getting used to it. Um, it's a little weird because this is still English. So financial jargon or even medical jargon. If I say lisinopril or atenolol, um, they're technically all English words, you know, or cardiac myopathy. Uh, all English words, but it's going to sound foreign to people, uh, even though it's English because it's completely alien to them. The more you get used to this language, the more you read about it, the more comfortable you'll be. So if you want to talk about, you know, fixed rate or variable rate uh, interest rates, uh, it's going to sound a little scary, but you have to learn it. Um, and I think you should learn it because uh, you could do, you can make a greater impact. Um, you could make a greater significance if you understand these kinds of things. Um, you don't have to understand like, you know, huge economic theory or uh, something so vast. You just need to know basic, basic finance, um, financial literacy. Um, you know, a lot of these NBA players back in the day, they would blow through hundreds of million dollars and go broke. A lot of it, it was because they didn't have any sort of financial literacy. Um, so that's important. And you do not learn this in school, which is a travesty. Um, you learn, you know, prose and poetry and uh, crappy U.S. history that is, you know, made by a conservative group. Okay, um, you do not learn financial acumen or financial literacy in school, um, typically, which is you know you definitely should. Uh, so Dave, Ram back to Dave Ramsey, uh, his book Total Money Makeover. Uh, he ha he has these plans set out. One is you know get an emergency fund of thousand dollars. I think that's great. Um, if you got a car problem or a medical problem, bam, um, at least you have uh, something uh, in your back pocket. Um, he wants you to live not within your means, but way below your means. Uh, let's say you're like an early college student. Um, you know, you have a part-time job. You're making like 15 bucks an hour. I don't know what's normal. Um, I started at $6 an hour at, at Jimmy John's. So uh, $15 sounds like a lot. Um, so let's say 
you're in college, you're off, you're, you're working off, you're living off these student loans. Uh, and, uh, so every time you take out a loan, it's not a pure dollar because of that interest rate, you know, you tack on and plus years, how long you'll have the interest loan. Every dollar you spend is like, just multiply it by like, uh, like half. Yeah. Every dollar you spend is actually a dollar 50. Um, that's not correct math, but it'll, it'll be, it's going to be conservative. So, uh, you going to, um, you know, I don't know, Korean barbecue, right? That's probably not a smart idea when you're in college. You got to be really, really smart about it because you're not paying, you know, $30 for Korean barbecue with that interest in years, you're paying actually $45. Let's say like that. And like, 10, 15 years, whatever your loan uh, payment is. Uh, so you got to be really smart when you're younger. Um, and when you're single, you can live actually pretty poor, right? Uh, so you want to live like way below your means. Uh, Dave Ramsey says rice and beans, you know, you got to stay home, uh, eat, don't try not to eat out, uh, reduce your uh, expenses. Um, a big thing is uh, he doesn't like people leasing cars, he thinks that's one of the worst investments. And if you look at cars, really, it's probably one of the crappiest investments you can make, uh, especially when you're young, because it's such a big investment early on. So he says, get a beater, or, uh, you know, try to pay off your car loan as soon as possible. Um, and uh, so that if you not, don't pay, you know, uh, toward a card loan, uh, every month, uh, all that money you could save or invest. Um, so reduce your expenditure, clothes, um, entertainment, food as much as possible. Uh, be very, very frugal with your money uh, because the money that you save when you're younger, uh, if you're if you invest it, um, it exponentially becomes bigger. Let's say you have 500 bucks right now. Uh, the stock market is uh, crashing right now because of the second. Not the second wave, the first wave, but we're getting spikes, right? So um, big, big companies are not doing too good. Um, so if you invest in them right now, let's say 500 bucks, five, 10 years, triples, quadruples, whatever. That's something I did in college. So I bought Amazon at about $250 a share uh, when I was in grad school. I didn't buy too many, but I bought you know, a good amount. I held that for, man, maybe eight years and, you know, went from 250 and I actually sold it at about uh, 1600. Um, so it's very, it, you know, we'll talk about uh, investing later on um, in another podcast, but it's like, you know, you, you do the hard work in your early twenties um, as much as possible. So you could, uh, have some dignity at the end. So that's another concept I wanted to talk about. Um, a lot of our immigrant parents um, didn't have financial literacy. Uh, uh, my personal background, my father's family was super well off uh, because of the crash, uh, uh, economic worldwide crash in 2009. Uh, my father's side lost all their real estate, multi-millions of dollars. That's my entire inheritance. It was completely lost. 
Um, I think about my mother after the divorce, uh, she received the house, um, hundreds of thousands of dollars in one of the nicest suburbs in Chicago. And uh, she didn't have financial literacy. And so, um, you know, she has barely any savings right now. And, you know, she she's uh, almost 60. And, uh, you know, I have to take care of her and I have to take care of my kids. So in most uh, stable, like middle class families, you usually only have to worry about yourself and then maybe your kids. But a lot of these immigrant families, and you might be one of them, you have to take care of your parents. So uh, I, in my realization, I have a you know pretty decent job. Um, I'm in healthcare. Joyce is a nurse. Uh, we're a, we call it a dink, a double income, no kids family. So we have, our f- annual salary is quite a bit, but because of uh, um, we have to, we live in California, which is super expensive. Um, we have to take care of ourselves, so we live way below our means. So we are able to save like thousands and thousands of dollars a month, which is nice. Um, we don't have any kids, which is great, but. 10 years down the line, my mom's not going to be able to work. Who's her, uh, what's, what's she going to do? How's she going to die with dignity, you know? Um, and I was always thinking like missions, 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 and uh, going out and saving the world and stuff like that. But I realized like my mom has no one but me. I am her 401k. You know, I got to think 10 years 15 years down the line. If you're in your early tw- 20s, you might have to think 20 years down the line. Um, not to make this an idol or you you're, you're get obsessed about this or um, you so fixate on so the security that you forget the actual purpose and the goal. Um, and that's for me is to, for me as a, uh, my Judeo-Christian background is, um, yeah, I want to I want to do what God tells me to do. Um I want I want to be where he wants me to be. Um but I also uh need to take care of my family because I think that's, you know, one of my first callings is uh I think that's one of my first ministries to my family. Um I can't be out in, you know, Africa or doing missions, medical missions and all that stuff while like my mom's like starving or barely getting by or almost near bankruptcy because of some sort of medical problem, you know? Um, I need to think ahead. I need to think smart because uh, just being um, hopeful isn't enough, especially in America right now. Uh, Number one cause of bankruptcy in America right now is actually medical. Um, Our medical system is actually super, super broke. So let's say your family, um, let's say they owned a cleaners. You might be Korean. Um, uh, They didn't have health insurance for a long time. I did not have health insurance. My parents did not have health insurance for a long time when we were younger. Um, Let's say they get an operation. Um, or the, the, okay, the worst case scenario, uh, they have uh, your, your one of your parents has some sort of cancer. Uh, it's treatable, uh, but that includes doctor's visits. It includes chemotherapy, includes radiation therapy. Um, they can't work anymore. Your income is like severely, severely uh, limited. Uh, what what do they do? They're going bankrupt or they're borrowing money. They might have to go back to their home country to get uh, uh, treatment over there. It's like super, super complicated. Um, And that'll just 
that doesn't happen to that, that's not a rare occurrence. That happens all the time, um, and especially with uh, uh, I think Koreans, there's a high risk of gastric cancers, intestinal cancer, stomach cancers, and we're seeing more like pancreatic cancers actually, uh, which is a little troublesome. Um, I think it has to do with our diet and environment, to be honest, um, and maybe the acidic foods that we eat, fermented food, makes it a little more we're a little more predisposed to it. Uh, but chances are your parents will get some sort of cancer, to be honest. And how, and let's, let's say they're, you know, in their 50s or something like that. How will you manage that if you don't have some financial literacy, some cushion, you know? You can't just pray that away. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to be condescending toward um, the the power of prayer or anything like that. But you also got to be very, very smart. You got to be very, very uh, uh, intelligent to uh, the medical system, the financial system, uh, or else your parents or even you will with will die without any dignity. I think that's a big thing. Um, when you don't have any money, um, you you can't afford home health nursing. Um, you know, you're, if your parent had a stroke, you're like, you're their caretaker. You're like cleaning their butts. Um, it's going to be hard to financially take care of them and also yourself. It's very stressful. Um, and this happens very often. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, so why don't you, in your early 20s or 30s or however old you are, listener, um, Learn some financial literacy to avoid that, uh, but also honor your parents in that way. Um, you don't have to learn everything, like I said, but just enough where you have some cushion, you have some financial literacy to kind of navigate this system. It's a broken, broken system, but you still got to work within the system um, or else you're going you're gonna to get absolutely screwed. This uh, uh, economic model um, uh, was not created for us, to be honest. Uh, uh, it was created, and I, I can go far, far into the GI Bill in the 1950s and 60s after World War II, who that benefited, uh, how that created a generational uh, generational wealth. Um, so generational wealth is something where if, the biggest indicator for wealth in, in the United States is um, your home. You know, uh, if you're given opportunity to own a home, pass it down. That's a generational wealth going, um, passing generations. I'm not going to get that because of uh, a lot of financial missteps from my parents. Actually, I missed out on two two different inheritances from my mom's side, from my mom myself, and then my dad's family. So I feel like I'm in ground zero, uh, trying to do this uh, uh, myself with my wife. Uh, luckily, her parents are was were really good with money and uh, uh, were very smart. They're no by no means like super rich or anything, but uh, they definitely took care of themselves. They're very uh, uh, frugal. They're they're careful. Um, I was just with them for Father's Day, and they're just telling me how uh, they're in like rural Illinois, um, you know, barely getting by, and uh, Joyce's mom. Uh, would give uh, her father like a $5 allowance. And that was when they were first married. And that wasn't much older. I wasn't much older than they were when uh, they were in Illinois and had Joyce. So it's just like how they came from that 
you know, um, and he was studying for his PhD and, uh, and they, to now where they're at now, um, it's kind of crazy. It's kind of an amazing success story. Um, but you got to realize that, uh, you know, that's not always the case, you know, uh, and you got to be careful. You got to be careful. Um, so finance, Dave Ramsey. Yeah. So thousand dollars in the bank, um, reduce your debt as much as possible. He wants you to consolidate it. So he wants to, there's like a psychological thing to it, but, uh, if you have multiple debts, let's say credit card debt, uh, you have uh, auto debt, you have student loan debt, he wants you to take care of the smallest one possible and work your way up. Uh, because when you finish a bill or finish a complete a debt, um, there's like a psychological reward to it. So um, what I did was I only had two big debts, my auto debt and my um, student loan debt. So I took care of my uh, auto debt as soon as possible. And now the only loan I have is my, um, student loan debt and I'm paying, I'm paying as much as possible. Um, and, uh, and I refinance too. So, um, if you're going to go to grad school, it is absolute travesty. Once again, how these student loans work. Um, the U S government is profiting off high interests, um, to all of you students, even if you go, if you're going to seminary, you know, you're making like, you're literally, you're, you're going to make no money in your life. And, uh, the government is taking like as high as like nine, 8%, uh, on your student interest loans. Um, and just to put that into perspective right now, the, uh, uh real estate loans, mortgage loans are about 3%. Um, so that's six percent, and it doesn't sound like much, but if you add, you know, 10, 20, 15, 20 years, and the amount of loan, that's like a hundred thousand. That's like thousands of dollars that you're giving to the government that they're profiting off you, trying to get an education. It's literally, it, it's it's so insane how that actually came about. Um, I, I can't think of any other country in the world that profits off uh, education like the U.S. does. It's, it's such a broken system. Um, so, yeah, reduce your debt as much as possible. Uh, when I first got out of school, um, so, you know, I'm a PA, uh, you make six figures right away. I was putting $3,000 uh, a month into my student loans because I wanted to reduce that as much as possible. Um, I think that's like a conservative route. And I think if you don't know too much about finance, I think that's a pretty good, um, uh, pretty good strategy. Um, he, Dave Ramsey doesn't, um, advocate for using credit cards, but you know, it's 2020 and it's COVID. You got to use a credit card. Uh, the biggest thing is pay out, pay it off, pay it off, pay it off every month. You do not want to ha have lingering debt, um, roll over to the next month because the interest rates on those credit cards are insane. You paying for that, okay, literally, if you pay like, uh, if you were gonna pay for like a $30 Korean barbecue, uh, let's just double it. I just, I just wanna scare you, let's just double it. You're paying $60 for that if you are using credit cards and not paying it off in time. Those credit cards are super dangerous. Uh, a lot of people go into a huge debt from it. Uh, you gotta look at that interest rate. Um, okay, all credit cards, the interest rates are crappy. So only, get and buy what you need. Um, so one of the causes for the Great Depression in the 1920s was credit. 
credit was introduced widely and uh, just like um, nonchalantly. So people would um, try to live this lifestyle. That was the biggest thing. Um, so this is like a spiritual problem too and a sociological problem. They wanted to uh, live a lifestyle of a middle class and if they weren't, credit allowed them to live that uh, life that they couldn't afford. But the problem with the credit was that sometimes they couldn't pay it back. Uh, sometimes their uh, the interest rate uh, was too much. So they pay, ended up paying more than they, they thought. And uh, they ended up going into bankruptcy. So, you know, the highest unemployment rate for a sustained amount of time was during the 1920s because partly and because of that uh, greed, you know, uh, I guess that, that's what that's like the side effect. What happens when you live in a free market uh, capitalist society? Um, so you I'm going to just assume you you may be Christian. Um, you can't get caught up with the hype. You know, uh, you can't, if, especially if you're a pastor or something like that, you can't be wearing Supreme sneakers, you know, or I don't know what they do. Supreme bricks, Supreme jackets. Um, you can't get the new Nikes, man. You got to go, I don't know, are new balances expensive? I don't even know. You have to go really cheap. You have to go really not gaudy. Um, and you, you cannot try to live a lifestyle that um, your friends may be living. Um, if you're if you're a pastor or you're you know you're a teacher and you're making like you know thirty forty thousand dollars a year and your friend is uh, you know uh, uh, in finance and they're making like six figures and getting huge bonuses, you can't keep up with them. Don't use credit to try to keep up with them. Um, you need a hard look at your own priorities and standards and your own identity and kind of fix that. I feel like a lot of this credit card debt and these problems are a spiritual problem of like a, um, envy, pride, jealousy, um, and that could really, really screw you over in this country. So uh, if I had to do it again, um, I think PA profession was great because it's two years, two and a half years. So right out of college, I got in, I was 22. I got out when I was 25. It's making six figures. And uh, I, there's a lot of mistakes I made. I, I bought a car, a new car. Um, probably wouldn't have done that not, now knowing what I do. Um, I would have uh, started a, four, a 401k or... Um, 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 retirement fund like soon, uh, which I did with my work. Um, uh, I would have saved a thousand dollars right away and I would have put as much as money as, as I could to reducing my debt as possible and being debt free. Uh, Dave Ramsey, he does his podcast, uh, or I guess his radio show, but it's also in, in Spotify and things like that, um, uh, where he talks to people, how they got out of debt. Uh, it's usually people in the Midwest, you know, they'll make, they don't make too much, but their debt could be up to like six figures sometimes. Uh, sorry about the noise. There's uh, They're doing some, uh, I think they're cutting the grass or something. Um, but yeah, basically it's, they go really extreme. They don't go out. They eat very meagerly. Uh, they don't go on vacation. They try to save, 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 pay it off as much as possible. And after your debt is done, and then uh, there's like a whole 
new level where investing and things like that come about. So you want to reduce your debt first. Um, if you're a medicine, I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> uh you could be like half a million debt and there's some other relief programs, but I won't get too much into that because that's not every all the listeners here. Um, so again, yeah, uh, I would have done that. Um, I would have, there's all these saving programs um, where there's, it's able to be tax free because uh, so much of your money will go into taxes. Um, I can go into that a little bit more further in another podcast. Um, there's this philosophical book that every like investor kind of like knows about or many of them have read. Um, it's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Um, I don't agree with everything he says. Uh, you may want to learn the concepts. He talks about um, assets versus liabilities. Um, I'm not going to go too much into that. Um, for me, I feel like it's too conservative it's uh it's there's like an immorality about it a little sociopathic about it not saying that he is uh but um i don't know if you read the book you'll know what i'm talking about but you gotta you should learn those concepts uh another book i recommend is uh four hour work week by tim ferris again he's a little on that same edge too. They're neither of them are Christian by any means or no philosophy in that. Um, it just helps you navigate the system, uh, which is important. So he, he talks about, um, basically his philosophy is try to work as little as possible to make, do, uh, make as much money as possible to do whatever you want. Um, so that's important for someone who's interested in missions because let's say, uh, you know how hard it is to raise money for missions and how complicated it gets, man? Uh, you writing letters to your family and friends isn't going to sustain you for, you know, 15, 20 years if that's what you really want to do. Um, tent making, I feel like, is the way to go. So um, that four-hour work week book, um, he talks about uh, how to limit your effort, maximizing your effort, I would say, um, in order to make the most money. Um, so, you know, you pick a, pick a salary. If you're a family of four, how comfortable, what's the salary that would make you most comfortable? Um, not like just scraping by and also, you know, to get to do what you want, to travel, to learn yoga, whatever. Um, and one of his, I think one of his, uh, his, uh, um, vignettes was, you know, family four, it was about 80,000. If he can make comfortably 80,000 passive income, uh, passive income means you don't, you're not working for it. So like real estate, uh, like if you own some property, that's, uh, that's passive income. Um, if you own some stocks, that's some passive income. Um, if you get like book, book royalties, that's passive income. Um, that's uh, have multiple streams of income, so you don't have to work as much. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to reduce. Um, I don't want to. So the old school way, especially our parents. You know, if you were born, if they were born in the you know 70s to like, you know earlier than that is you work, 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 work. Um, so 
The concept is not to work super hard. We're not pen, pinching pennies because, um, like, how much is your time worth, you know? Uh, let's say you want to remodel a kitchen, right? Um, or something super more, something a lot more tedious, like, uh, like uh, uh, cleaning your house, okay? Um, you could do it and spend, you know, a few hours cleaning your house or pay someone to do it. Um, if you're a person whose time, you can measure out how much you're worth per hour. If that is too costly compared to just hiring a maid so you can do some other stuff. Um, also, you have to include the, the price of time, um, especially if you're short on it and you need some time with family and friends, you need to consider that. So back in the day, I think they never hired, you know, especially immigrants, they didn't hire maids or anything like that because it was too expensive, do it yourself, let's save money. But I think the cost is you can't spend as much time with your family because um, you're cleaning all the time. And, uh, you know, where's the risks, benefits, cost benefits to that. So you have to actually think about that. So that book kind of goes into that, goes into a lot of other things. Um, but yeah, so if I felt the, just to take home points from all this, if you are young in your twenties or your thirties, uh, reduce your debt as much as possible, have an emergency fund, start thinking ahead, uh, 50, 10, 15, 20 years ahead about your parents, your generation above you, your generation, and also the generation below you if you're going to think about having kids. Um, there's uh, funds for uh, college education because college, 20 years from now, if you don't have kids right now, it's going to be hella expensive, you know? Uh, what else? Um, if you are able to um, try to live in an area that's not super expensive. Uh, I was even talking to Joyce about this. So we're looking at houses that are in Cal Southern California, um, really old. So a lot of them are made in the 50s, 60s. Um, they're going for super high. Uh, some of them aren't even remodeled very well. The square footage is pretty small, like maybe 1,300, 1,200. And uh, they're going for like over 600,000, which is pretty insane um, considering the house in actuality shouldn't be worth that much, but just because of the location and demand, it's gone that up. So if you could, if you could live in a place like Georgia or, you know, in the Midwest or even Texas, um, you're looking at houses. If I, if I try to buy, I, we put an offer in a house. Um, if we bought the same house in Texas, um, I think it would be about a third of the price. Yeah, it's that significant. So um, you don't want to go house broke either. So we could talk about houses and real estate and investing in another podcast. Um, but start saving. Um, and in the next podcast, we'll talk about how to invest in that. And I just want to take the take home point is for me, uh, it's not to just make money. That's not the end goal. The it is not to 
uh, live a lavish lifestyle. Um, it's not to improve what I think is a uh, um, my social stance in life. I could not, couldn't care less, could care less. I could not care less uh, about that. Uh, my biggest thing is um, dignity for my mother, um, cushion for anything that could happen disaster-wise, which is most likely going to happen to all of us. We're going to face some sort of medical uh, trauma in our families, you know? Yeah, look at this coronavirus. Um how many people it affected, how many people it will affect. No one could have predicted that. But if you had some uh, money, cash, and uh, some wise investments, um, you could you could ride it through a little easier, you know? Uh, knowing the medical system, good luck with that. I Even I have a hard time trouble with that. Uh, and uh, read some of those books. Um, yeah, Dave Ramsey, you can start with Dave Ramsey, Total Money Makeover, go through that, go through some of the steps uh, just to get a little bit of financial literacy, and then you could uh, go into more advanced stuff later. Uh, but yeah, um, it, it's it's dignity, it's a little bit of security, um, and it's knowing the system in order to um, help alleviate or ameliorate suffering for other people. Uh, there's a lot of people in this country that are, are suffering. There's a lot of people in other countries that are suffering. Um, for you to make a difference, um, let's say, I'm going to assume if you're listening to a podcast, you're pretty educated, okay? Uh, how to use that education uh, to your advantage, uh, not being sucked in, not being uh, manipulated by these big corporations uh, that want you to spend money and uh, live this lavish lifestyle, use these credit cards because they're making a killing off you they're making a killing off you they're making killing off small businesses um they are like nickel and diming you and you don't even know it um so you got to learn the system to fight it honestly um if you this is how i think of it uh let's do this because of the circumstances going on with Black Lives Matter, okay? Say you're a doctor. You live in Louisiana, okay? You're taking care of your patients that are uh, diabetic, uh, hypertensive. Um, you, you can treat the diabetes. You can treat the hypertension. Very easy. But it's the lifestyle. Um, it's their circumstances. Um, why are they diabetic? Why are they hypertensive? A lot of it has to do with their opportunity and their circumstance. Um, you know, if they're black in Louisiana, they're not going to have, they have uh, deserts, um, uh, grocery store deserts. They now don't have access to great food. The cheapest food is um, the most unhealthy often, you know. Um, uh, their living stances, um, their job opportunities. If they're not able to get good health insurance, they can't go to a regular doctor like you to you very often and get their meds checked. They, sometimes they can't afford their insulin. Uh, these all sorts sorts of things um, in the system that you need to know. You can't just know your system and you know treat their diabetes or hypertension. There's so many other factors uh, contributing to that. So if you don't know the system, you are in fact just putting a bandaid on a on a, on a on a gaping, huge, you know, gunshot wound, you know? Um, so if you don't know the system, 
you're you're being ignorant and you're being um um how how should i put this um you're stopping the progression of the kingdom i want to be that harsh if you do not know the system if you are ignorant if you want to be blissfully ignorant ignorant um you are not helping you know um so you need to know the intricacies and the nuances of how this system works, uh, whether that's education or that's law or it's medicine or it's finance. You know, if you don't, you don't have to know all of them. You know, you have to know yours. And um, I think you do have to know some basic finance stuff and basic medical stuff, basic law stuff, because um, that'll all affect you. Um, if you know the system, you can help people in the system. I love Brian Stevenson. Um, uh, he's Christian as well, and he he understands the system. He the system is not fair to these people that are on death row, uh, but he uses the system to their advantage and his advantage as much as possible. You know, um, and he's working within the system. He's not a pastor or anything like that, but um, I think within his field, he he, he is a, an amazing leader. Um, in that he's dedicated his life to it. So, um, yeah, if you have aspirations to do something big in the world, be significant, you got to know this stuff. You got to know history. You got to know, you got to learn. You can't just, uh, you can't just read the Bible. Um, you know, they say you're an average of the five people you're closest to. If those five people are the same people and you guys are all the same person, you probably need to be uh, exposed to some other stuff. So hopefully this podcast, that's kind of what this is about, kind of help you guys uh, explore different ideas, um, new concepts, just give you a little taste, you know? Um, yeah, that's all I wanted to talk to you guys about. I'll probably do a podcast about um, more advanced stuff like advanced, uh, like some investing and real estate and what that can do for you. Uh, but yeah, just Dave Ramsey, <laughs> do that. Do some the easy financial reading. Um, but yeah, good luck, guys. It, this is a really hard thing to navigate. Um, it's not the most fun, to be honest, uh, but it's also very necessary. Uh, financial literacy uh, may save you from a huge amount of heartache later on. Um, and it also, if you become financially literate and become, you know, pretty wealthy, pull off, um, you could do some good in the world, you know, not that you'd have to have money to do good in the world, but, um, someone needs money to do good in the world. You know, not everyone has to be rich to do good in the world. I don't believe that. Uh, but if you happen to be, um, it's very helpful, you know, um, yeah, that's about it. Um, stay safe. The uh, this is uh, June twenty sixth. The COVID hospitalizations are spiking like crazy. Um, I had a nurse that said she cried for the first time in thirty years this past Monday. Uh, we had uh, we have a twenty two bed ER and thirty seven admits. That means thirty seven people that are so sick they need to go to the hospital. They were in gurneys and the hallways and um, in our RTR area, they were overflowing. We had patients, you know, uh, with possible COVID, just like all over the hospital um, in our ER because there was just no room. Is insane. Um, so, and, to, and it's almost July, so the residents are going to start, which is not good. You don't want a resident 
new new doctor who just graduated from med school uh, working on your family. So uh, wear the mask. Uh, if you got old people and if you live with them, uh, it, especially in California, Texas, uh, Florida, um, Arizona, stay home. Stay home for the next couple of weeks. See what let's see what happens. Uh, but uh, our inc- our COVID cases are increasing like crazy. So stay safe, guys. All right. Have a good week. Bye.